The Red Raiders extend their win streak to five with a midweek sweep of the Texas Southern Tigers. We'll look back at that and look ahead to this Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic in Houston this weekend. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome to Dinger Derby. The official podcast of RedRaiderDugout.com. The only website completely devoted to Texas Tech baseball. Join Keith Patrick twice a week for team news, guests, ranking updates, and game reports. We'll be hitting taters with the Red Raiders from opening weekend all the way through Omaha. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome into Dinger Derby, folks, the only podcast devoted 100% to Texas Tech Red Raider baseball, the official podcast of RedRaiderDugout.com, the only website devoted 100% to covering Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. Thank you so much to all of you that have been visiting Red Raider Dugout. Incredible. The traffic we're seeing so far surpassed a big milestone just yesterday and really appreciate Everybody out there sharing, following us on our social media accounts, and helping us grow that thing as we get rolling. Randy and I have really enjoyed it so far. Things have been going great. We appreciate Texas Tech allowing us to cover this great team, and we're looking forward to what the season has to hold. As always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Red Raider Dugout. You can follow me at Keith B. Patrick. You can follow Randy at Randy Rosetta. And then, of course, Gus and George in the mix, always helping us out at Gus26 for Dr. Mike Gustafson and at TTU George, J-O-R-G-E, for George Watson. The Red Raiders, as you know, came off of a weekend sweep of Houston Baptist. They host the Texas Southern Tigers out of the SWAC conference for a two-game midweek stand. It's only the second time that Texas Southern and the Red Raiders have played, and Tech did exactly what they should have done. They took care of business in a big way. On Tuesday, they get the 14-2 win, and on Wednesday, it's the 15-0 run rule win, and that one ends after six and a half. The Red Raiders had a run rule game against Houston Baptist in the Friday game, turn around the following Wednesday and do the same thing. I'm not going to belabor these games too much. I do want to tell you a little bit about what went on, then we'll look ahead to the weekend in Houston at Minute Maid Park. Micah Dallas gets his second start of the season on Tuesday. It's his first midweek start in his Red Raider career, and he has a much better outing than what we saw in Arlington. Micah Dallas Micah Dallas comes in with a 6.75 ERA, but he goes five innings pitched on the day, gives up two hits, no runs, three walks, and fans eight. Those eight strikeouts were near his career best in a single outing, and he got himself into trouble here and there with those walks, which mostly came early. Two came in the first inning, and the third came to lead off the second inning, but he worked out of trouble, and he dealt with the base runners as he had them, and he made it five full innings. Very efficient. Had 43 strikes thrown in 76 pitches that got him through those five innings, and he dropped that ERA down to a 142. Micah Dallas talked about it after how good it felt to get right, to get things back on track the way they should be. Here's what he had to say about that after his performance. Um, I liked how I was able to, you know, bounce back, um, just kind of get my my feel for the mound again. Um, you know, it's been a while 
um, since I've been able to go out there for, you know, this many innings. So it was pretty fun. Um, but I, I just wanted to try and be like myself out there, have fun, um, do what I know I'm able to do and just be confident in, in all the work that I've put in. So I had a little personal interest in this game as the pitcher that Dallas faced on the Texas Southern side was Bryson Armstrong. That's my wife's cousin's son. I know that sounds like a, a long shot away, but it's actually a pretty close family. And it was fun to get to see him pitch in his starting debut there for the Tigers as well. Fun to have a little family connection, even if it was on the other side of the field. And didn't have a great day, but he held his own. Uh, nonetheless, gave up three runs. But considering the competition that Texas Tech brings to the table, that's not too bad. So the Red Raiders on Tuesday, they jumped out to an early lead and it carried them the rest of the way through. Drew Baker flies out to center field to lead off the game, but Jace Young works a walk. Dylan Noisy follows with a single. Cole Stilwell follows with a hit by pitch. And after a Cal Conley strikeout, Kurt Wilson has a two RBI single to right center that brings the first two home and the Red Raiders don't look back from there. Of course, the Day is punctuated by happenings in the 6th and 7th. Jace Young hits a two-run ding-dong to left center field in the 6th, and that pushes the lead out to 6 nothing. And then in the 7th, it is a seven-run inning for the Red Raiders once again. They have had multiple big innings like this through Houston Baptist and again now here against Texas Southern. It's to be expected. They get rolling. It's kind of contagious, but you really liked what you saw in there because guys were still working at bats, picking their pitches, doing what they needed to do at the plate to be successful. You saw multiple extra base hits. Kurt Wilson had a double in that seventh inning. Nate Rombach, actually his second time to bat in the seventh inning, had a double as well. Dylan Noisy with a three RBI double in the seventh was what kind of broke open the scoring in that one on in the second half of that inning. So really a nice day overall. Tech pitching had a good day in Micah Dallas. Andrew Devine comes in for two full innings of scoreless, hitless baseball. So Devine really looked a lot better walking into that one. And 32 pitches he tossed in his two innings and, and did a nice job there for the Red Raiders. Brandon Beckel Got an inning under his belt. One hit and one run given up. Couple walks, but it was good to see him get in. And Nick Gorby improved his outing as well. One inning, again, one hit, one run. Uh, It was unearned, though. He did give up one walk. So Red Raider pitching looked better. It was kind of 14 was the number of the day. 14 runs for Tech on 14 hits, but they left 14 stranded. Now, there's two ways to look at that. On one hand, you had a lot of guys on base. You're not going to get all of them home. And as I told my wife, I mean, how much do you really need to score? How how far do you need to push the thing? But that is a lot of guys stranded and a lot of those guys coming earlier in the game. Now, there were several that were left late in those final innings, and that's fine. But you did strand some guys in the first four that you don't want to see left behind. Seven of those that were stranded were left in those first four innings, and that's certainly a time where you definitely want to be pushing guys home and not waiting until the latter half of the game to unleash it. On Wednesday, in the 1 o'clock in the afternoon game, beautiful weather in Lubbock that day, and Texas Southern came in 0-7, by the way. They left Lubbock 0-9, which is not an unusual thing for them to stay on the road, play much higher competition, and then go back and be extremely competitive in the SWAC and 
put themselves into contention to win it. That's something that they do consistently. Chase Hampton, the freshman, gets the start. He's a right-hander for the Red Raiders on Wednesday. He has three innings pitched of hitless, runless baseball. It was scoreless all through the day as Tech won at 15 nothing. Hampton gave up three walks, but he did get four Ks. He threw 58 pitches and walked out with a 338 ERA. Hampton had a nice day. He established the fastball. Coach Tadlock talked about that in the postgame availability and was glad to see him do the things he did. But I think what you saw, especially on Wednesday, a lot of guys got some time in. Hayde Key comes in for an inning. Jamie Hitt comes in for an inning. Brady Lejeune Diacutis comes in for an inning, his first appearance on the mound in a college baseball game, and then Derek Bridges gets an inning in as well. A couple of them gave up hits. Hit gave up two. Bridges gave up one. Nobody gave up the run, though, and there were multiple strikeouts earned throughout that time to the tune of 10 on the day for the Red Raiders. So from the mound, lots of valuable experience there. Lejeune Diacutis talked about it after the game, that he was nervous getting out there and he had to work through those jitters a little bit. Coach Tadlock really likes what he sees in this young man. He's got a lot of height. He has a lot of angle on the ball. There's a lot of whip action in the arm, and it's a live arm. Coach Tadlock's excited about him, was glad to get him an inning and let him settle down a little bit. He came into the postgame availability and was actually nervous then as well. And so it's it's always fun to be reminded. These guys are kids. I asked Brady in that one, you know, when's the last time you pitched in a live baseball game and it was in high school I mean that was that was the last chance he had really uh, I think he had a couple summer games but what it came down to was March you know back in Colorado and so that's uh, that's crazy to think about and and coach Tadlock has a lot of confidence in these guys it's good to get them work early offensively for the Red Raiders, they did not wait around for things to get going today Alex Olguin got the start for Texas Southern. He only lasted one and a third. He gave up seven hits and eight runs. Seven of those were earned. The Red Raiders went down almost in order in the first. Drew Baker and Jace Young flew out to right field. Dylan Noisy works a walk and steals two bases uncontested. So he ends up on third base in scoring position. Nate Rombach strikes out. But then from there, almost every Red Raider scores in the second inning. Cal Conley works a leadoff single. He ultimately steals his way around to third. As Kurt Wilson follows him with a single, they have a double steal to second and third. Drew Woodcock strikes out. He ends up flying out to end the frame after they bat back around. And Woodcock is the only one. He got the start at first base today. He's the only Red Raider that didn't score in the second. Easton Morrell with a two RBI double. Braden running with a walk, and you move around from there. The big one in the second that everyone will talk about, Jace Young once again. It's a three RBI home run to left center. He follows that in the third with a two-run home run to left center. So it's a two-home run day for Jace Young, his second of those this year. He now leads the team and the Big 12 with five home runs and 15 RBI. So Jace Young had quite the day, also hit a double and scored another run in the fifth later on and worked his way on with a walk in the sixth. So goes three for four, only one AB that ended up in an out for him. Cal Conley also hit a home run, this one to right center field, two-run shot for him. But the Red Raiders were uh, they were all over it today. You just had a feeling very early after this massive second inning that 
Tech is going to run rule this one, and so Coach Tadlock worked in as many pitchers as he could before that happened. Texas Southern not able to scratch anything across against any Tech pitching today, and so they'll walk away reeling from Dan Law Field at Rip Griffin Park. And they'll finally have a home opener this weekend against Prairie View A&M, and that's actually a conference opener as well. To look at some of the Red Raiders' stats as you walk out of this midweek stand and and out of a five-game homestand, and you'll go to Houston, to Minute Maid Park, to participate in the Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic. Jace Young's leading you right now with a 464 average. He's slugging a 1036 on-base percentage of 590. His OPS is a 1626. He's got 12 runs scored. He's got one double, as I said, then five home runs and 15 RBI. Those are leading the Big 12 and, of course, the team. He's also second on the team, having worked 10 walks. Dylan Noisy is the only ahead of him. He has 11. Cal Conley follows him. He's batting a 395. Conley has 10 RBI. He's got a couple of home runs, but three doubles. Nate Rombach leads the team in doubles with four. He's got three home runs as well. He's batting 357. Drew Baker, a 382. He's only got the one extra base hit and three ribbies, but he's got four walks and has worked around 12 runs as well, tied for the lead with Young. You've got six Red Raiders right now batting over 300. Jace Young is the only one batting over 400. So it's Young, Conley, Baker, Rombach, Kurt Wilson, and Dylan Noisy bringing up the rear at 346. His OPS is a 1207. Noisy still with a 553 on base percentage and slugging a 654. Noisy still having a fantastic year. He's got nine RBI, a home run, a triple, three doubles, and has scored 11 runs for you this year. He had kind of a mini slump there, came up, broke that. The 19th AB since he'd recorded another hit. He breaks that open and has hit well since then and has done everything else you've asked of him and more. Once again, one of those extremely strong contributors. Braden Runyon, Easton Morrell, Cole Stillwell, those guys still working in different action. Cole Stillwell's moving between catcher and first base. Runyon working between right field and DH, depending on the day as well. Cole Stillwell and Nate Rombach started the last four games at catchers for the Red Raiders. So there's been lots of questions if Braxton Fulford is hurt, if there's something wrong. David Collier asked Coach Tadlock about that in the postgame availability today and He indicated Braxton is fine. He'll probably start two of three in Houston. They just wanted to get him some rest. So four games worth of rest for Braxton Fulford as he hasn't caught a game for the Red Raiders since last Friday. And so he'll have had basically a week off, and I'm sure that's welcome to the legs. You know, in 2019, Braxton Fulford caught in every game Texas Tech played that season. Either he started or if he didn't start a game, he came in in the later innings and closed it out behind the dish. And I think that'll just wear you out as you have a long season and head towards Omaha and things like that. So now you have some really exceptional options at home plate and and it's really been showing out. So I think it's valuable experience for Rombach to get back there and Stillwell as well. Stillwell on Tuesday was exceptional defensively. He did get charged with an error at one point, but I would say he completely made up for it the rest of the way. The lead off 
batter of the game, right fielder Tyson Thompson. He walks and Stillwell catches him stealing, guns him down at second base to start the game and help Micah Dallas work out of a little bit of early trouble. Stillwell guns another one down, D'Artagnan Padrone. I talked about him at the end of the last pod, fantastic name. He's gunned down to Cal Conley, also at second base, caught stealing in the fifth inning. And then Stillwell on the receiving end of another great play as Jordan Vidato, the center fielder, tries to make his way home and Dylan Noisy guns him down at the plate and Stillwell receives a great throw and gets the put out. So he's playing some really strong defensive catcher right now. Of course, the bat continues to work well for Stillwell. So it's interesting to see him working in there and making it happen. And I think Coach Tadlock intentionally trying to get the legs built up, get him some time back there. Same with Romback as they're moving in and out of first base together. And they're good, strong options for you behind the dish and helping Braxton Fulford stay fresh as well. On the pitching side of things, the Red Raiders have quite a few pitchers looking really good. Patrick Monteverdi still sitting at a zero ERA. As I said before, 11 innings pitched, has only given up three hits, still no runs. So his batting average against is an 0.86 right now and just really incredible stuff. You'll see him again on Saturday against Sam Houston State in Houston. Hayde Key, Derek Bridges, Nick Gorby, a bunch of guys still have the zero ERA, but from the guys that you're seeing more of, Mason Montgomery, who's going to continue to be that Sunday starter for you for right now, has an ERA of two. He's got nine innings pitched. He's given up five hits and a couple of runs, four walks as well. Micah Dallas, as I said, worked down to a 235 and looking really good in the process, seven and two-thirds under his belt now. He's given up five runs, five hits, and Two of those runs are earned. He's given up five walks, but he does have 10 strikeouts now as he's flipped over the performance from the game at Globe Life Field and has looked a little bit better and more settled in now as we've gone on. Coach Tadlock did indicate that he will keep the starting rotation the same heading into Houston, so you can expect to see Brandon Birdsell on Friday night against Texas State. You can expect to see Patrick Monteverdi on Saturday afternoon against Sam Houston State and Mason Montgomery on Sunday morning against Corpus Christi A&M. We'll look now really quickly at those teams. I'll tell you a little bit about what their season has been doing, who we can expect to see on the bump for them and contributors that we can look for, and we'll wrap this thing up quickly. So for the Texas State Bobcats, you know who they are. They're in San Marcos. They're part of the Sun Belt Conference. Their season so far they're four and six on the season. They're running 35% capacity at Bobcat Ballpark so far. They opened up against BYU. They hosted them at a Saturday doubleheader. They won the front end of that 5-4, but lost the second game 4-9. But they came back around on Monday. So you had a doubleheader Saturday, and then you had a Monday game. It was 11-6 to the way of the Bobcats, and then they lost the Tuesday game, the fourth game, 6-7. So they split that series with BYU. Not a bad outcome at all for Texas State. This has been a program on the rise for the past several years. This is not a program to look at and kind of smirk. They have uh, been doing some pretty good things over the last few seasons. They had a midweek against Sam Houston State that was actually in Arlington at Globe Life Field. Uh, they played on a Wednesday there, and it was Texas State that took that one over the Bearcats 5-4. to four. And then 
Their only other weekend series has been against Sacramento State. That one was on the road. They lost the front end of the doubleheader 4-8, then lost the back end of it 4-5, and lost the Sunday game 1-7. So got swept on the road at Sacramento State, but came back and got right against New Mexico State with an 8-6 win on Tuesday of this week. They played Texas on Wednesday, the day I record this, and they lost that one at home 10-3 to the Longhorns. So they'll walk in with a 4-6 and six record and play Texas Tech at 7 o'clock on Friday night. Of course, you can hear that one on the Texas Tech Sports Network. There's a little bit of an oddity to the streaming for Texas Tech baseball, so I want you to know about that. Of course, in Lubbock, you can find it on Double T 973 double T973.com on their mobile app. But if you're more than 100 miles from Lubbock, you can't go to that app and listen to the ball game. I know that's a little bit weird, but you can go to the TuneIn app and look up Texas Tech, look up college baseball, go to Texas Tech, and the Learfield broadcast is on TuneIn. So you can always listen to the radio broadcast there, but you can't listen to it on Double T 97.3 if you're more than 100 miles from Lubbock. It's geofenced that way. This game's television information is also a little bit different. Those of you in Houston, I know, are familiar with this because this station is the home of the Astros. It's AT&T Sportsnet Southwest. So you may need to get on their website and look for your local listing. It is available on all the big cable providers, including DirecTV, but it may take a little doing to find it. There's an app for your phone or I would assume your smart devices as well to watch that one. But those of you not in Houston, not in that Astros fandom, you may not be as familiar with this. It's a new one to me. And so make sure you do your homework beforehand. Don't be caught off guard, not able to watch the game. Seven o'clock Friday against Texas State. Your likely starter in that one will be Zachary Lee. He started both of the front end of those weekend series games for Texas State. His ERA is at a 450 right now. His whip's a 175. He is 0-1 in those two appearances. He's got eight innings pitch, which is good for third on the team. He's given up seven hits and four runs. They've all been earned, seven walks and 12 strikeouts. He's allowing a 241 batting average. So it's certainly a guy that could come in and, and have a really good game, but that you would expect Red Raider hitting to feast on this guy a little bit. I'm not going to say they're going to beat him up the way they have the last five games, but certainly a guy that appears to be hittable against reasonable competition and Texas Tech should be able to handle him if they're doing the things they need to do to, and taking care of business. The second game in that one, Sam Houston State, is coming into this one one and four on the season. So they were the unfortunate beneficiary of an opening weekend cancellation as they were supposed to open up against Oklahoma State in Huntsville. And two of those were going to be televised. So those all get canceled. So they lose their home opening series. They, as I said, played Texas State at Globe Life Field and lost that one five to four. And then the one series they have had was against UTSA, also there in Huntsville at home. They won the Friday game 4-2, but lost the next two, 10-4 and 18-5. So they got away from them a little bit and not able to keep up with the Roadrunners. Your likely starter for that one, it was the only starter that they've had in that instance, and it was against UTSA, is Matt Dillard. His ERA after getting beat up there by the Roadrunners is 18-69. Four and a third innings pitched, eight hits, nine runs all earned, one walk, four strikeouts. Gave up three home runs 
and two doubles. He's allowing a 381. Not sure if he'll be the guy or not, but that was the Saturday starter or the second game starter, at least, against UTSA. So that's a best guess for you. And if you can always watch our Twitter account, we'll get you previews of these games there on RedRaiderDugout.com and let you know starting rotation as soon as we know it. That game will also be on AT&T Sportsnet Southwest. That one's at 3 p.m. on Saturday. And then your final game on Sunday morning, 11 a.m., against the Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders. So this is a team... And the only team coming into this weekend besides the Red Raiders, who are now 5-3 and three on the season, that doesn't have a losing record. So they're 4-4. Four and four. They're at 500 this year. They opened their season at Corpus against Central Michigan, the Chippewas. They swept that series 4-3, 5-1, and 6-3. And then they played Houston four times. So it was Tuesday, February 23rd in a midweek. They lost at Houston 8-12 and then played in the Kleberg Bank College Classic, a three-game stand against Houston at home in Corpus. They won the Friday game 3-2, but lost the next two 14-1. And then Sunday made it very interesting. They went to extra innings, but lost it 4-3 to the Cougars. They've also played the University of Texas in a Tuesday midweek, and they lost that one 12-1 as well. So they'll head on to... Houston and face TCU, then Rice, Texas Tech on Sunday at 11 a.m. The likely starter for that one is Hayden Thomas. He leads them in innings pitch. He's got a 150 ERA right now. He's 1 0 on the season. He's pitched 12 innings. He has given up 11 hits, three runs, two of them earned, eight walks, but he has 17 strikeouts. So a guy that definitely knows how to work that strike zone. Given up two home runs, but no other extra base hits, allowing a 250 opponent batting average, only one wild pitch on the season. I would assume that Hayden Thomas is who you'll see. That's who they've been starting in those third games of the series. And that's something that you like to establish and keep as consistent as you can for as long as you can. So that's what I would expect to see. But you never know, especially walking into a tournament scenario, it can be a little bit different. So there you have it, folks. Your weekend can be mapped out right there around baseball, 7 o'clock on Friday night, 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon, 11 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. A beautiful opportunity to watch three new and different opponents and some good, fun Texas Tech baseball. They're taking a step up in the quality of opponent right now, and I think that's a positive thing. You've had five games against opponents that you should be throttling, and you did, that did give you some different looks and gave you an opportunity to get better in multiple ways. Texas Tech was Texas Tech was error-free in the Wednesday game against Texas Southern. That was certainly a good thing to see, and they only left eight on base, something else nice. There's some momentum you want to carry along with you there, not booting it around and making sure that you're getting guys home and not leaving them stranded. That was such a difficult scenario to be in in Arlington. You also had Jace Young, three for four, two home runs, a double, walk, five ribbies, three runs scored. In the Wednesday game, Cal Conley, three for five with a home run, three RBI, three runs scored. He had a stolen base. That's some momentum that you would love to carry into a weekend series at a tournament in a recruiting hotbed in Houston against a variety of opponents in a big league ballpark. That's the kind of hitting you want to see from these guys and doing it when they need to. Jace Young had his second multi-home run game of the season. 
you would love to see him doing some of that in another big league ballpark. And looking forward to what should be a really good, fun weekend of Tech baseball, y'all. I don't have much else for you, folks. That's looking back at the Texas Southern Tigers and looking ahead to that Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic at Minute Maid Park. It should be a fun one. I do believe there are still some tickets available if you want to hop into that one, even just for a day. should be able to do it. It was really a good time in Arlington. They took care of everybody really well, and I thought made it pretty easy to get in and out and, and do what you needed to do, and I think Minute Maid will, will do something similar. So try to get out there and see some baseball. Go find us on Red Raider Dugout. Check out what we're doing. We'll have a preview coming for you from Randy for the weekend, recaps of each game, and I'll have another episode of Dinger Derby coming your way on Monday reacting to this weekend and looking ahead to a midweek where the Red Raiders will host a two-game stand with Gonzaga before a big, big weekend series, a four-game stand with UConn, in my opinion, the favorite to win the Big East. That's one to circle on your calendar. It should be a big one. We're still looking for guidance from Texas Tech regarding capacity at Danlaw Field at Rip Griffin Park. It's currently at 50%. Looking to see how the governor lifting mask mandates and other orders and that taking effect next Wednesday, what that could mean for Tech Athletics. Haven't heard anything about it yet, but we will keep you updated with everything we know as soon as we know it. Y'all get out there and watch some baseball, watch it on TV this weekend, or get out there to Houston and enjoy the Red Raiders in person if you can. Hopefully we'll see you around the ballpark soon. Be good, stay safe, have fun, and until we see you next time, wreck them. Thanks for tuning in to Dinger Derby and sharing our love for Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. You can connect with Keith on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Red Raider Dugout. And find more great tech baseball coverage at RedRaiderDugout.com. Help us out by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes. And remember to tell your friends about the show. Keith will be back soon with another episode of Dinger Derby. And until then, Wreck'em Tech. Keep your hand on your gun. Don't you trust anyone? There's just one kind of man that you can trust That's a dead man or a gringo like me Be the first one to fire Every man is a liar There's just one kind of man who tells the truth That's a dead man or a gringo like me 